please rise. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what the, was spoken to her by the Lord. The word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Some experiences are just hard to believe. Some experiences are just sort of too out there, right? Too inexplicable, too far beyond our normal experience. Like an angel showing up in the middle of our morning chores to tell us that we're going to have a baby when we know good and well we haven't done anything that would cause us to have a baby. And not only this rather alarming and perplexing and mind-boggling news, but this baby that we're about to have will be called Son of God. And then Luke says that Mary answers, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. But she's a teenager. So I think it probably sounded more like, well, if I can help, um, okay, cool, whatever you say, right? And if the angel had left at that very moment after delivering that news, well, then Mary probably would have gone back to her chores and she would have wondered and pondered, you know, what she thought she just experienced. And she would have said, did that really happen to me? Could that be real? Am I losing my mind? Nah, you know, no way, right? And until the pregnancy started to show, all of that probably would have been forgotten, pushed to the back of her mind, and she would have just gone about her old life. We do that with things that are hard to believe. We puzzle over them, and then after a moment or two, we move on, right? We just forget, and the moment, the moment is lost. Sometimes we even forget completely and can no longer remember all those little answered prayers or those miraculous inbreakings of God's Spirit in our life. And God knows this about us, that we have this tendency to dismiss unconfirmed miracles in our lives. And so the angel says to Mary, well, by the way, <clears throat> before I go on, by the way, your elderly cousin Elizabeth, you know, the one that never could have any kids, well, she's already six months pregnant. For nothing will be impossible with God. And as soon as the angel has left, Mary packs a bag and makes a trip to go visit her elderly cousin, Elizabeth, because she needs to confirm her own experience. That's what happens with the miraculous. God, though, breaks into our lives all the time. It really is an everyday occurrence. 
I think it's a miracle every breath we take. I think it's a miracle every time we can get out of bed. I think it's a miracle every time we don't kill each other. I think it's a miracle every time we're kind and gracious and generous and merciful. But we aren't always sure about our experiences. Some experiences are just a little too far out there. It's just a little too inexplicable, a little too strange. They're out beyond normal everyday experience. They don't make sense. And so we ask ourselves, we know that happened. Or did it? Did I imagine it? Did I dream it? Am I making something out of nothing? Am I losing my mind? We need a confirmation. We have to share it with somebody. We feel driven to tell somebody else about this thing that happened to us, this perplexing thing. And so we venture out with our story, needing to tell, wanting to believe that God has touched us, wanting to believe that, blessed, that we have been blessed in some inexplicable way, and yet afraid that we're going to sound ridiculous. That's what it was like a week ago. I was sitting at one of those round tables having breakfast with Rhonda and uh, actually with Joyce. And I, we were just had been doing the general chit chat and saying a whole, lot of, a whole lot about nothing, right? General things of life. And all of a sudden, Rhonda kind of leans back in her chair and then she says, um, so I've had a divine intervention. I think it was. I think it was a divine intervention. I don't know. I think. She said, it, it, it was like this. It was just, it had happened a day or two before. She said, I couldn't sleep. I was having trouble sleeping and I got up in the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep. And she says, now normally when I can't sleep, you know, I put her around the house or I go watch some TV or, you know, I just, I, I do something. She says, but you know, it happens and I don't think anything of it. She says, I had though this strong urge to call Tom. Now Tom is her husband. Tom happens to be a police officer who works a night shift. And she said, I had this really strong urge to call Tom. She said, which is really weird because I never call Tom when he's at work. I never call him when I can't sleep. I just don't do that. She said, but I just, I just had this strong urge to call him. I felt like I needed to call him. It was weird. I can't explain it. So she says, I called Tom. And he answered his phone. And then they did, and it turns out he was standing outside his squad car. She didn't know that. He was on the side of the road. He was standing outside the car. Uh, and he answers his cell phone, and she, or I guess it's the cell phone, whatever, car phone. And she, they do that thing we often do, right? Hello? 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 Can you hear me? Hello? Are you there? Wait a minute. I don't think I have a good signal, right? Just a minute. I'm going to move and see if I can. I'm walking. I'm going to see if I can get a signal. And then Tom gets into the squad car to try to get a better signal so he can hear Rhonda on the phone. She doesn't realize anything that's happening. But while he was standing out there on the curb, talking, trying to hear her, a car had come by really slowly. Kind of checked him out. 
went on down the block. He didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. He was too busy dealing with the phone call. And then he gets into the squad car to get the better signal, and then right when he's sitting in the squad car, it turns out this other vehicle had turned around, the driver had come back by and shot at the place where Tom had been standing just seconds before. Now, in case they wonder if it really happened, they can go out every day and feel the hole in the side of the car. If she had not called Tom, he would have been standing next to the car where the bullet struck. She said, because I phoned him that moment, he is alive. And she says, I'll tell you what, when he got home from his shift, I, I hugged him extra hard and long that morning. I think it was a divine intervention, she said. Definitely a divine intervention. God had to make me call Tom in that moment. I never call him. I had the urge to call him. Why that moment? And, it all, you know, and if I hadn't called, he would have been dead. Definitely, definitely a divine intervention. It was, right? Wasn't it? Do you think it was? I think so. And I said, definitely. And then she nodded her head. She says, yeah, a miracle. That's how it goes, right, when these things happen to us. We claim them. We're excited about them. We can't wait to tell somebody. We're afraid to tell somebody. We question our own sanity and instincts. No, it must have been a coincidence, right? No, it was a God incidence. About a year ago, I got a call on the phone. It was 2020. We were in the middle of COVID. She calls me up member of the congregation, she is just bursting with news. She says, Pastor, I have to tell you something that happened to me. I've experienced a miracle. I don't remember what time this phone call came. I think it was maybe 9.30 at night. And I said, uh, really? I want to hear about it. So she said, well, I was in the process of changing light bulbs out in the bathroom. She said, I got in the ladder, you know, one of those big A-frame lights from the garage and I'd hauled it into the bathroom and set it up and I'd gone up the ladder and I'd taken down, you know, each of the light bulbs that were burned out and I'd set them on the edge of the sink and she said, and then I'd taken the good bulbs and I'd gone up the ladder to put the new bulbs in and she said, I came back down the ladder, everything's fine, took the cover for the light fixture, she said, went up the ladder for the third time. And then she said, on the third time up, my right foot missed a step at the top of the ladder. She says, I didn't, you know, I just all of a sudden, I'd missed the step and I felt myself falling. And she said, and I was just pitching off of this ladder and my arms are flailing. And she's, and you know how it is that time slows down and you see yourself in slow motion, all this happening. And she looks down and she knows that she's going to fall face first into the bathtub. And she thinks, I'm going to die, you know, I'm definitely going to die, definitely at least going to cut, split my head open, you know, crush my face in, break every bone in my body. And uh, so there's nothing to grab onto, she's falling, there's the slow motion, the curtains falling down and everything else, and then all of a sudden, zap, she said, I'm back on the ladder. And both my hands are on the ladder. And she said, I thought maybe I was dead. 
because there was nothing wrong with me. I hadn't hurt myself. Nothing was broken. Nothing was bleeding. Nothing was bruised. How did I get from falling midair back onto the ladder? And then she says, I descended the ladder still one some out of you know body experience or whatever and she said and so I looked into the bathtub expecting to see my body lying there in it but the bathtub was empty and so she folds up the ladder and she takes it and stows it in the garage and goes and sits down in the kitchen absolutely stunned sits down at the kitchen table for a moment to ponder she said it was the strangest feeling there was just no way to explain what had happened to me. She said, I pray every night for a guardian angel. Somebody caught me midair and put me back on that ladder. She said, either God did it or an angel did it. But why? Mary must have been puzzling over her angel's visit. She must have been asking herself, Nah, right? That couldn't happen. But something happened. I know it happened. I know deep down the angel came and told me this, that I'm going to have a baby, although there's no way that could be. She said, right? See, I got to tell And she shows up at Elizabeth's house. Am I going to have the Son of God? She must have been thinking. Surely not. Impossible. Could Elizabeth really be six months pregnant? Elizabeth. Elizabeth? Old Elizabeth? Nah. How? It's the custom, you know, they have the houses and they have open courtyards and open doors and they call a greeting from the gate at the street. And uh, this, you know, this baby kick in her own blessing, pure blessing and a confirmation of Mary's experience before Mary's even had a chance to recount it to her because she hears and blessed is the fruit of your womb and why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me for as soon as I heard your greeting the baby in my womb leaped for joy and blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Faith is strengthened by the sharing of experience, right? We have these experiences in our lives, but until we share them, until we confirm them in another person, it's not real. And we put them out of our minds and they don't have the power that they're supposed to have. But when we share the experiences, there is power in that, not just for the one who For my faith, get.
divine interventions, miracles in our lives, those little things that just make no sense, can't be, we call them coincidences sometimes. Oh, something peculiar, an aligning of the planets, anything but what they are, God's interventions, God reaching in and altering maybe the course in a moment of our lives. Does God do that all the time? I don't know. Can I explain why some prayers aren't answered? No, I can't. Why do good things happen to bad people? Because, well, life is just full of bad things and we all get our share of them. But not just big things. There are the little answered prayers. There are the little nudges of the Spirit, those things that compel us to act, the phone call we have to make. We call it instinct. Luke calls it the Holy Spirit. Newfound clarity, a fresh direction. Mary and Elizabeth, two women who aren't supposed to be mothers, one who's too old and the other who's too innocent. And God alters their lives forever. For God has shown strength. It's past tense in the Greek. God showed strength. It's already been done, already happened. God showed strength. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped God's servant Israel in remembrance of God's mercy according to the promise that God made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. I think it was a divine intervention. Could it have been a miracle? Maybe. I don't know. What do you think? I think so. Yes. <laughs>